current confinements and our indoor winter has found us listening to more music and podcasts when the going was good and at other times just taking in more consciously all the inadvertent noises of our neighbourhoods. Sound gained a new status in the pandemic as that part of the world that's allowed to enter our homes without fear. Among those contemplating this invisible shift is producer and composer Kevin Brew who this time brings us a trilogy of audio epiphanies on the consolation of pop, the joy of feedback, and beginning with the sound world of the young Franz Kafka. I sit in my room in the headquarters of the noise of the whole apartment. Franz Kafka, aged 28, writing his short piece, Great Noise, in the middle of another morning at the Kafka household an apartment at 36 Nicholas Gaza, Prague. Someone shouts out, has father's hat been brushed yet? The canaries sing. An oven door snaps shut. His father, Herman, barges in because in this apartment, Kafka Sr. has to pass through Franz's bedroom to get to his breakfast. Kafka is hypersensitive to noise. The sound of his father's dressing gown trailing along the floor, barely a noise at all, becomes, in Kafka's hearing, an intolerable scraping of fabric against wood. Those same ears could be dreamily haunted by sound. Kafka's one-time fiancée, Felisa Bauer, worked for a company that made dictaphones. I would like to make a thousand recordings with your voice, wrote the smitten, though hesitant, Franz. That lover's whisper trapped in static the dressing gown swish that fills Kafka with dread, reminding us of the intimate power of sound, entering our experience without asking permission, like perfume, like smoke, invisible disturbances in ponds of air make ripples that reach the inner ear. Then the nerves of hearing talk to the nerves of worry or the nerves of wonder it could be a fragile listener on the other side of that door when we burst in to make what we like to think is our great noise. My guitar heroes are more like anti-heroes. They're not the ones who scrunch up their faces for endless solos. My heroes are soft-spoken, sensitive souls who put their melancholy into heavy guitar riffs. Bands like Smashing Pumpkins, The Breeders, or My Bloody Valentine. Often you see them at the crucial moment in the song, their feet raised, ready to stamp down on their distortion pedals to create a gigantic chord, a crescendo. When we hear these huge guitar waves, the inner child, the self, the soul, the wild animal, whatever you keep in there, wants to respond. It feels as though finally someone is speaking up for us humans, once proud circles, forced to live as squares, with our jobs and our phones, with the hurt printed on nerve endings in private moments. We feel the tension of guitar wire, and the tension in us. Across the stadium, we roar in agreement with the secret messages hidden in bar chords. 
The concert ends with feedback, the screeching noise of a guitar left leaning against an amp, the sound waves vibrating the strings and the pickups until the guitar is playing itself, and that energy is fed back to the amp, the speaker, the guitar, in a perfect tantrum of input and output. This feedback has been filling the air since the band left the stage. We wonder if we should have brought our earplugs. That's enough of that, says the house engineer. He closes the fader and it's time to go. But all the way home, it rings in our ears. There's the music you admit to liking and the secret tears you've saved for pop songs in restaurants during dinner by yourself. I remember Karma Chameleon and how it made me quake in the back of the car on the way to school. Soon the song would end and I'd have to face multiplication tables and a new teacher. And the song seemed to be about that dread, even though it was more about a lover changing spots. Every breath you take, the winner takes it all. Feelings, whoa, whoa, feelings. These audio epiphanies won't work if the song is cool. It's the lack of cool that makes these audible embraces burst out among the masses and up the charts. The stars sing the hook and take it up a semitone for the final triumphant version of the chorus. These songs feel like hugs after rows in the kitchen when the persona you've built up needs to be destroyed to live with love. When your aspirational non-existent self who accepts loads of awards and has a perfectly taut belly is stripped down to someone more recognisable who digests food, who pulls up weeds, who is slightly too warm when leaning against another forehead to say sorry. Then there's the music you don't like, but maybe it works its magic on someone important. This means you've to open your ears to everything. James Last, Daniel O'Donnell, a jukebox of cheesiness that makes you cringe. Then, while you wait at your table for one in the restaurant. Has the waiter forgotten you? Cindy Lauper sings time after time, and you realize that pop will always melt your heart. Thoughts on sound worlds lost there from Kevin Brew with thanks to Aidan Matthews and Radio One's A Living Word.